ice water in his veins. I couldn't think of a better place to end the street than Death Valley, South Carolina, baby. Guys going down, guys stepping up. That's what football is all about. And they say we can't do it. What they say now? Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. Duke football did their best Clemson impression Saturday night, missing field goals and fumbles in the red zone, en route to losing to a school nobody likes. Lou Holtz has moved into the Dabo Sweeney penthouse in the rent-free district of Ryan Day's head. LSU played such bad defense, allowing 55 points to Ole Miss in a loss on Saturday. Who's their DC anyway, Diane Feinstein? Welcome back, everyone, to the Clemson Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, joined tonight by Ben and Jarrett. We are here to recap Clemson's road victory, 31-14 up at Syracuse, moving to a 3-2 and two mark on season. Guys, always good to get a win, always good to get a road win. I think Clemson needed this one, and it was really nice to see them bounce back from that Florida State game. No real hangover there. Um, not the crispest game overall, but I really thought this was this was a solid effort on Saturday especially in a noon spot. What do you guys think? Oh, well, for starters, Jared and I last week were trying to figure out what JM, JMA wireless is. Um, and it didn't occur to me then, you know, the previous was the carrier dome and they didn't have air conditioning. Um, turns out JMA wireless is a wireless company who would have thought it. it's right there in the name, but there's actually no reception in and around the carrier dome. Um, so just saying they need to get their, their shit together up there in Syracuse, but yeah, man, um, it was a good game. I mean, it was, it was the type of, of football game where Clemson was in control, um, pretty much the whole game. We could have put up more points on the scoreboard. Uh, we finally won the turnover battle and, you know, Syracuse was a four no team. Now they haven't exactly faced murderers row on the year, but I think as a Clemson fan, you have to really, um, you know, look positively upon the outcome of this game because we're starting to see this team pro pro uh, progress in all phases of the game. Offense is continuing to get better um, as the season has gone along. And the defense has really stepped up to the point now where, Tully, I think you said they're like, by advanced stats, third in the country. Definitely. Wow. What? You know, I remember the 2017, the Friday spooky game where we lost Kelly Bryant and then – you know, we lost to Syracuse and then the next year they take out T-Law and it's just like, you know, I had a lot of uneasy feelings about Syracuse for a while, but I feel like that's, those are just kind of in the past. I mean, I love Dino Babers. Um, he just seems like a really likable guy. Um, but it was also really refreshing to see, and I'll admit it. It was, I did not expect to see this team gradually get better and better. I thought we were just going to be a hot mess week after week after week. But we have, and we can talk about it, but we truly feel like we're working out the kinks, getting people different snaps. There's injuries. We're replacing people. And, um, you know, the wheels haven't fallen off as it kind of felt like they were going to after the Duke game. That's a really great point, Jarrett. Um, I was kind of thinking the same thing earlier. 
after the Duke game, we thought the sky was falling and the season was doomed. Now it turns out Duke is a lot better than, um, you know, we a anticipated or B we ever really expect, you know, Duke football, um, to be. And in hindsight, now looking back on that game, um, you don't feel nearly as bad about it. Um, the Florida state game, the, the, the team played tough. They played it close. They led the entire game up until overtime. Unfortunately, we lost that game, but you know, when you and I were talking last week on the show, um, looking ahead to this game, I wanted to see this young team go up on a, you know, hostile road environment for a noon game, as young as they are coming off of a pretty devastating loss and go out there showing that they've, you know, put that game in the rearview mirror, right? It's in the back of their mind. And they came out and played really well, you know, for the most part on both sides of the ball in this game. Obviously, yes, a lot of things to improve upon, but, you know, they put that Florida State game behind them and this young team continues to get better and better. And again, really pleased with the effort and the play that I saw out there on Saturday. Guys, I think this this season and what you what you're hitting on at this point does speak to the culture of the Clemson football program. And we can sit here and, you know, talk about how the culture is also, you know, led to a place where um, we've had coaching staff questions and roster management construction questions and all of this. But um, even when Clemson has a down year, they have found weight, which has been now two, two full seasons and whatever you want to call this season so far um, down years relative to the standard set before that. But, um, yeah, no, I think like coaching staff has absolutely kept this team focused and motivated and moving toward their goals. And part of that's on the coaching staff in the season. Part of that's on the, you know, the guys they recruit and sort of the, you know, the mentality that they bring day in, day out. But um, great to see as a fan. And I think we will definitely get in here in the offense and defense on some of the bright spots with some of the key players of this this team right now. But um, this is this is the best three and two team in the country, guys. I say that ironically and not ironically. Like I, I won't use the couple bounces of the ball uh, comparison that we know has been beaten to death. But mm-hmm. um, man, you know, just even getting one of those games back, this we'd be talking about a completely different, you know, feeling to the season with the rest of the way. But you know, we can root for chaos. I mean, I think. Again, I, I myself haven't been on the show a couple of weeks, have recalibrated overall expectations. I think this one is um, show improvement. Hope to see. I mean, let's let's, you know, mess up some other team seasons and let's make them earn that, you know, second team into the ACC title game situation. Well, and our, about like a Miami, you know, our, our season isn't done yet. Duke could lose three losses in the ACC and this Clemson, football especially if their quarterbacks out. Yeah, exactly. And this Clemson football team can win out on their schedule if they continue to improve at the rate, especially in offense, that we've seen them improve so far now. We could also lose a couple games. But I just want everybody to keep it in perspective. This team could certainly go on a run. Things could happen. And lo and behold, we could find ourselves in the ACC championship game with a rematch against Florida State. Don't give up on this season. Yeah, I think the only team that Clemson doesn't control its fate against is Louisville. Um I expect them to very much have two losses in the conference by the end of the season. Um, They do have an easy schedule relative to what Clemson has the rest of the way. But um, yeah, I mean, before we get carried away, you know, that's certainly still on the table, but I still think, you know, you look ahead, if this, if this team ends, 
nine and three from this point forward, I don't look at that as necessarily a disappointment. Um, I'd love to see this team go undefeated the rest of the way, but even one loss, you know, knowing Notre Dame and Miami both look pretty strong, pretty capable. I think if we're losing to any other teams than those two, there's a bit of disappointment to that. But again, in recalibrating expectations for the season, you do you can't help but look ahead to the future and really want to want to see the progress being made from guys like Cade Klubnik, uh, seeing a lot of these freshmen continue to contribute and honestly really be like some of the brightest bright spots on the team, uh, which we will definitely get into that. So uh, vibes are getting a little bit better at this point. We'll and take I, it. That's been the theme. It's been a theme the last few years. And, and I think for this football team, after seeing them, um, you know, after the first couple few games of the year, I really thought, well, especially on offense, that the next year we're we're building to next year, um, uh, to where that offense is probably to be the best version of itself under Garrett Riley, and then also with Cade's development, uh, the wide receivers growing up, the offensive line continuing to gel and you know get more mature and improve. Um, I wondered you know, if we were missing out on an opportunity this year by how good of our defense could be, but now starting to see those young guys play on defense too. I think we're building towards next year. I think looking ahead that next year is the season where it could really all fall into place. And for this year, it's how far ahead of schedule can we get? Um, again, Duke game. I love that. No matter which way you put it, that was a, that was a bad loss just because of the way in which it happened. The way the team wasn't didn't appear to be prepared and well coached going into that game, all the mistakes, and then even through the CSU and the FAU game um, with the turnovers. But now the turnovers are starting to get less. You know, we had the one in this game, which remind me was that pretty Brandon close to going back for six. Well, there, I mean, there was a near pick six that Cade threew, and there was yeah, a couple, Brandon yeah. Sewell. Reading Sewell's fumble could have gone back for six. Um, yeah. So we definitely have to clean that stuff up. But yeah. again, I think looking at the rest of the season, how far ahead of schedule can we get for a team that next year could really be poised to take back control of the ACC if they can't get back this year and make another run at the college football playoff? True. Yeah, I love that, what you said. How far ahead of schedule can we get? That's kind of the name of the game right now, and it makes you feel excited for this team, which, look, you know, I think when we look at how does a team start bad <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the season and then slowly get better and better coaching, right? Yep. It's got to be. I mean, you're not going to pure talent that. So as – Hard you don't get were. more pure talent in the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so the thing that we harped on the most after the Duke game that said was destroying our program, I, I said it then, and I would be happy to eat crow. And it's like maybe we – you know, I've kind of made the analogy that, like, it's kind of been moving into a new house while you're also gutting it and replacing, like, the – you know, framework and the plumbing and electricity and like, it's going to be a mess. And I feel like removing Streeter, removing DJ, you know, getting a guy who's basically still a freshman, you know, all these starts and reps, a new offensive coordinator. So yeah, I mean, we had huge high hopes and I think that now we have more realistic hopes and it's like, if we can see this gradual trend up, 
yeah, I think we can get ahead of schedule. And it would be really impressive to see, you know, Cade continue to develop, the receiver group continue to develop, people to stay healthy. You know, if Wiggins comes back and no one really gets injured on the defense, knock on whatever fake wood this is from Ikea, then we are we're going to be pretty damn good on defense. And at first, guys, when you talk about this being like a rebuilding season, I wanted to reject that. I'll be honest. Like I, I, I turned at XT, Tyler Davis, Rook, to mm-hmm. a lesser extent, Justin Maskell coming back, uh, Jalen Phillips. Like, and I was just like, man, it, it, I disagree. Like, it really set up for this year to be like a really strong year. Look, like the defense is. I don't know that they're the third best defense in the country. You know, there's still some stuff to clean up in tackling and. Um, I would say still the defensive ends are not necessarily getting home as much as they wanted to TJ Parker, you know, notwithstanding. Um, but I, I look ahead and I think about the depth and I think about the defensive tackle depth. TJ Parker is going to be around next year, like on the ends, our secondary seems to be strong. So um, I'm kind of, uh, nobody wants to see Clemson like have a top five defense and not see that team compete to go to the college football playoff, which all but eliminated, you know, that capability now. But um, either way, like future does look pretty bright for this defense and not just from, I, I don't necessarily just want to see the, the players and, you know, the, the young talent be ahead of schedule. I think also Wes Goodwin and just his coaching and his situational football and, you know, understanding what an offense is giving you and scheming around that. Um, that's also something that hopefully can continue to improve this year. And everybody, well, first off, you, you didn't want to accept it's rebuilding, but everybody you mentioned is on the defense. So at the very least, it was always going to be a rebuilding season on offense, right? You lose your your starting quarterback, you bring in a new offensive coordinator, your wide receivers are still young, and you're trying to sort that out, who's going to be your, your alpha dogs there. And the offensive line is painfully slowly improving. <laughs> yeah, I would say... I think I, similar to what Dustin Black said when he was on the pod maybe three weeks ago, I think I bought a little bit into the Garrett Riley hype and the Dabo hype that, you know, better coaching and scheme installed will solve all all ails, all that ails, you know, in this team. Um, And that they can unlock Cade. Yeah, the O-line might be a little bit kind of inexperienced. I mean, they we had a lot of snaps coming back, but inexperienced in their roles with one another. Um with a couple of guys not making it to the team this season. So, um, and yeah, like the receivers would figure it out and Antonio Williams would take another leap and that was all just hopium, right? Jarrett, mm-hmm. is that the phrase? Um, there is. So I just think like a little bit of dose of, I don't know, devil's advocate, which no one was willing to do, or, you know, we didn't hear that from very many sources over the summer. Um, might've been like, are we sure about this a little bit? And I think, you know, we all might've been like, nah, forget it. It's the Garrett Riley show. Like, let's go. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think there's just like a degree in that Duke game and definitely a little bit FSU um, of just not taking, taking, uh, taking advantage of the opportunities, which that felt more like a coaching thing than a, um, this being a rebuilding year thing. And I think part of that built into that, a lot of the frustration too is, um, the the coach speak from Dabo, which for some reason now everything that comes out of his mouth is this is just about the most talented person kid that's ever come here, or about the the best 
you know, it could be the best blah, blah, blah that we've ever had come around here. I'm like, no, it's yeah, probably, hyperbole it's, is, is crazy. Probably not. Um, right. You right. know, it's saying this that about Adam Randall and stuff like that. So I, I wish you would kind of like, okay, just, you know, you, you can be honest with us and still protect your players. Right. And like light a little bit of a fire underneath them. Um, but you know, Dabo's Dabo's going to be Dabo and, you know, you take it or leave it, and I'm taking it because mm-hmm. of the body work. Um, what was it? Yeah. His hundredth win. Hundredth hundredth ACC. Hundredth ACC, ACC, ACC win. Yeah, um, it's got like 154 or something like that. And that would be yeah, really impressive in another conference. Mm-hmm. No, it totally would. And um, I mean, I told you guys before the show. I definitely recommend everyone go check out the Larry Williams Dubcast interview with Jeff Scott. Um, he talked about going to the Orangeburg football club. He had a speaking engagement there in the off season. And um, he quoted Clemson has 16 seasons all time with 10 plus wins. And we're on a 12 year streak right now. So mm-hmm. 16 all time, 12 in a row. Just think we, about that. To be fair, we play I, more games. So I just, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that, that's gotta, the other part gotta, of it. I want people to point that out. It, you can cherry pick those stats. Um, but anyway, I, that, I mean, that's like, still impressive. You know, it's it's better than yeah. 12 or whatever, how many ever seasons you just said of nine plus wins, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'll take that. I mean, double digits is a nice number. Um, and yeah, if we can do that again this year, like Tully, you said, go nine and three in the regular season, you know, if we don't make the ACC championship game and then go and pull off a bowl game win at nine and three, we'd be playing a team that if we beat, we're going to be excited about yeah, team with a pulse, probably a decent brand. Um, mm-hmm. Texas A&M or somebody. So, anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, we 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 cherish the body of work. We appreciate Dabo for all he has done, and continues to do. I think the coaching staff, the culture, that is what is keeping this team still motivated and plugged in after dropping two two tough losses. So that's mm-hmm. great. Um, Guys, I want to maybe pivot us back to this game and we can hit on offense, defense, and then let's take a look a little bit at the the next stretch on the schedule. Um, really, this game, let's, let's go in reverse. Let's start with the defense. Set the tone early, forcing turnovers, taking advantage of opportunities early, making life hell on Schrader, who, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he kind of tore Clemson up for three and a half quarters last year in Death Valley on homecoming. I was in the stadium. It was crazy. Um by the way, like how many 24-year-old quarterbacks is Clemson going to play between the end of last year? Like, um, Spencer Rattler's got to be up there, right? We played Joe Milton. Yeah. He's pretty He's pretty up there in age. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley Leonard from Duke. Uh, what's his chops from FSU? Um, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of veteran QBs have come, come across the Clemson radar lately, and I'm I'm done with it. <laughs> like has yeah, Chris, I'm over. has Chris Winky transferred, and does he still have eligibility? We're gonna see. Yeah, him? it's just like um, the AARP league, not the ACC. Yeah, it's but like no, every, I mean every team we defense, play has like the best punter ever, and then the oldest quarterback ever. Oldest quarterback. Yeah, I'm ready for the COVID era, you know, uh, exception years to be done with. But mm-hmm. um, no, saw the intensity from the defense early, and that. Uh, turn the you know the turnover luck in in Clemson's favor, which was great to see. Um, really want to applaud Xavier Thomas. You know, really starting mm-hmm. to see him impact games. Um, I, I read Quacking Tigers 
kind of recap initial notes from the game. And while he talked about XT and Maskell needing to set the edge a bit better, that's not why XT is on the team, to be honest. You know, he's there to rush the quarterback and cause havoc, and he has been doing that. And also showed just tremendous awareness of picking up that fumble and nearly taking it in. I wanted that touchdown for him so badly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, dude, and hey, don't overlook Maskell. We've given him grief, um, speaking of old guys. Um, right. But that hit. <laughs> yeah, they must decapitated him. That was like, amazing. Jared and I were like, both looked at each other after that happened and said the same thing. It's like, I just saw a guy come out, come out of the corner of my eyes and it's like, bam, <laughs> it happened. You're like, was that Maskell? No way. Yep. <laughs> no way that was a seven. It's huge. Yeah. Huge tackle. Um, can't believe Schrader's still alive after that. That was an insane. Yeah, you hit. watch it in slow motion. He's looking to the right, <laughs> and then he gets hit, and his head just rips forward and back like a car crash. Well, and yeah. dude, you know, any okay. other year, it seems like that would have been called a targeting. And so mm -hmm. thankful that the review came back and it, and it wasn't. But it seems like Clemson gets a lot of BS targeting calls, but escaped one there. So good for Maskell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, across the course of the game, Definitely some moments of, you know, some sloppy play here and there. Um, the the missed tackles on that tight ends touchdown. Uh, just, you know, might as well have had Yakety Sacks playing behind that because it was just a comedy <laughs> of errors. But, um, you know, you're going to have that road game, noon, tough environment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of a cagey veteran at the tight end and the quarterback position. So mm -hmm. we're not we don't expect perfection. We don't expect perfect football. I think the defense did great. Um, you you also started to see Wes Goodwin apply some of the blitz pressure that was Brent Venable's hallmark. And mm -hmm. you can definitely see some of the, the BV era kind of fingerprint on this defense. And again, I know Wes Goodwin was like part of the scheme design and an analyst on the team mm -hmm. in the Brent Venables era. But um, there are some moments where I was like, this is nasty ass Clemson defense yeah. on Saturday. Well, and, 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 and how's everybody see. coming around to Wes Goodwin now? I know everybody like to conveniently lump him in with the street or higher. Oh, a guy with no experience coming in, blah, blah, blah. And yes, there was a little bit of step back, but you were never going to replace Brent Venables with um, an equal quality defensive coordinator. But, you know, slowly but surely, Wes has had good defenses, you know, just needs to get more mm -hmm. of a voice in that defensive um in that defensive uh room but i mean the the results speak for themselves this year they would have maybe just had seven in this game right the the second mm -hmm. touchdown came after the the burning soul fumble um and mm -hmm. uh, most Perfect. of the points this year have come off of off i think our offense has given up more scores this year than our defense <laughs> we need to yeah, look that up we'll fact check i'm gonna fact check that i mean one of the reasons that the advanced stats loves clemson's defense is when you you know, when Clemson's D has the opponent start on like the 20, their own 25, they don't score points. But Ben, to your point, when they start on your 40 or 30 or eight yard line, um, yeah, they're going to, the, the, the defense is going to give up points in those scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, it's like available yards and how many available yards Clemson's defense gives up are really solid ranks in the country. And um, that's awesome. That's a testament to, mm -hmm good scheme and good execution and good deployment of this talent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. we've talked a little bit about bright spots so far. Um, I would say the linebacking core was, we were expecting them to be the greatest in the country at that position. And I honestly think they it's not like they've been like the weakest or the most lackluster. 
it's just that we've gotten so much, so much playmaking from other position groups on defense. And mm-hmm. um, obviously Trotter is playing through his hamstring injury and, you know, I'm willing to give him a pass a little bit on some of the, the athletic plays that he's not able to make or track guys down on. But, um, and it, according to Barrett Carter, he was playing himself into game shape as you know, about a month ago. So that's going to be gradual improvement there as well. Um, we did see a little bit of Wade Wood as in this game more than we did against FSU. Shockingly. Um, mm-hmm. I expected him to be pretty, pretty present in that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, linebackers, starting to see them, you know, improve a little bit in spots. And I really think the secondary has been, been the most surprising in a positive way uh, for me. Oh, Um, absolutely. Yeah. uh, Especially in the safeties, the safeties, like Mickens has been incredible. Makuba, Mm -hmm. I think's done a pretty good job now that he's over his elbow dislocation injury last year. Um, You know, playing in a more natural position. Phillips has had some good plays too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the secondary has been great. You mentioned, you know, in this game, Nick, like, you know, Bear Carter and Jeremiah Trotter led the team in tackles with seven apiece between them. They had 14 tackles, one and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for losses and a, and a pass deflection. So, I mean, you got what you wanted out of your, your linebackers in this game. And then I think the thing we were making a joke uh, during the game, we're like, how many passes is, is Garrett Trader going to, going to throw out of bounds? Uh, But Mm -hmm. it's just because the coverage was so tight. Yeah. Down the down the sidelines, the defenders just forcing these guys, you know, right on their hip and forcing them out of bounds. And I mean, and that's without Wiggins in this game, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. like missing Wiggins, there, you know, there were some plays that Jones and Lucas didn't make, and um, but they're not they're not the lockdown guys, but still, I mean, 14 points and really seven <laughs> points when you when you take away the the short field possession. Um, again, you know, they throw the ball. How, how many passing attempts did Trader have? Um, 29. You're going to 29. You know, they threw it 31 times overall. Like, they're going to make some completions and move the ball downfield on you. But when they throw the ball 30 times, but I mean, yeah, awesome play, I feel like. And Lucas is pretty young, right? He only got a couple snaps last year. Um, mm-hmm. Jones Maybe. obviously came back. But, yeah, but even when guys like Toriona Pride came in the game, you saw him um, playing well. Um, so, right. yeah, it's a really deep secondary between the cornerbacks and the, and the safeties, which I feel like in those positions you you need. Um, whereas maybe you trust your 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 linemen and your linebackers to to go most of the game. Um, but yeah, just. The, the the play by the secondary has been really strong this year. You know, after the bad tackling and the poor linebacker play and not really getting a lot of pressure on Leonard in, in the first game, it's just really been clicking, mm-hmm. um, you know, since. And again, you started to see some more of those young guys in there. What's that? What's what was the yeah. the the four star defensive end, the young guy that was in there towards the end of the game? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, oh, um, Kylie yeah, Griffin. No, no. Um. Anyways, he's a. Oh, you're freshman. talking about? Yes. Um. Starts with an H. Yeah, and I'm like, who's that remember. guy? Yeah. Um, I do know Hoffler? that. Guy. Is it Hoffler? Uh, Hoffler. Yeah, Hoffler. Hoffler. He looked yeah. good. I like what I saw out of him. Just kind of a tall, yeah. lanky guy. Mm-hmm. Put some, put some muscles, muscle on. He's going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. So again, the yeah. I was worried about the defense next year, thinking we were really miss out this year, but. 
after seeing all these young guys really get some playing time, I, I'm I'm really high on them. And you know, our defensive line, the defensive tackles rotated yeah. a lot in this game. You saw Peyton Page in there um, mm-hmm. a good bit during meaningful minutes. So mm-hmm. Capehart, yeah, Demonte Capehart was in there. And you know, there's guys we got injured across that defensive line, right? That haven't played this year yet. So, um, yeah, I think all in all, um, the defense has been pretty lights out so far this year outside of that that Duke game, and expect that mm-hmm. to continue. And and again, it's the depth. You're starting to see the depth. I don't know who we have at linebacker necessarily. Like that's going to be an issue, uh, likely next yeah. year. Need to hit some home runs and recruiting, and hope <laughs> some development happens. On the current People guys stay. on the team, maybe go <laughs> to the transfer portal. Um, but otherwise, yep. yeah, I mean, I think everybody should be really high on West Goodwin right now. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, I love seeing T.J. Parker getting two tackles for loss, same as Barrett Carter. And Carter's actually, I mean, last game against FSU, like he was in coverage um on Bell and on other people. And pretty much, I don't know that they completed a pass on Carter, which is much more than um, we can say for other like great linebackers in the past but maybe weren't great in coverage they were great you know in almost every other area of the game so it's great to see that uh trotter did have the interception at the end literally um you know my friend and i were uh talking smack about um he was talking smack about phil maffa and i was talking smack about uh uh trotter and then literally like one after another like Trotter makes the interception and then Maffa like runs in for his touchdown on basically like back-to-back plays, something like that. So, you know, maybe we should talk more smack. I think that's what I learned is that if we talk more smack, these people will uh, step their game up. Yeah. I think what, what Quacking Tiger talked about was actually dialing up just more blitzes and, you know, let the experienced talent and the superior talent here, like play more instinctually, um, mm-hmm. you know, filling gaps, that kind of thing. But Whatever, I don't know, whatever Wes Goodwin has been calling seems to be working. And mm-hmm. Syracuse and Florida State, like, were both very contained. And they were both pretty mm-hmm. potent offenses. FSU is, like, a top 10 offense. Syracuse more like a top 30. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, you can mix that in. Like, we'd all love to see Clemson defense win a certain way. But mm-hmm. the way that, however it's been called, has been working. So I'm mm-hmm. not criticizing QT. I'm just saying, like, it's more praise of Wes Goodwin and what this defense has been doing. And, you know, it ain't broke. Let's not fix it. Well, and five and we're not sacks. really beating ourselves. So I'll say yeah. we're not really beating ourselves. Well, it's been kind of hard for the defense to beat themselves because the offense has been doing such a damn good job of it. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. Hey, you know, speaking, when you're right, of, you're right, speaking <laughs> of the offense. Let's talk about Clemson's offensive showing. Okay, 31 points, guys. A lot of points left on the field. Definitely could have been a blowout. You had some moments, obviously, you know, the getting no points inside the five-yard line, never good. Missed field goal, never good. Um, I don't know. Clock management didn't really seem to be that big of an issue in this game. I'm happy to say, but it was a 10-point game in the fourth quarter, and there were definitely some moments of um, – you know, uh, like, I think, Ben, at one point you were like, if we turn this over here, we are, you know, F-worded. <laughs> we're screwed. Well, so yeah, just words. because of the way the momentum was going. And maybe I was overreacting a little bit just became, because that came after Brittany Soul's fumble and they went down and scored. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go again. No, it was, it was, yeah, it was waiting to become a Duke Florida State, you know, 
disaster on our hands. And um, so anyway, did, like, and that's, like, that's what I want to say about, yeah, again, this team um, <clears throat> and how they've matured already in the short, whatever, five games we've had um, on this season. Whereas if that was the first game of the year, like this mm -hmm. team would have probably lost. Yeah. And that's where when they draw that correlation between the 2016 team, if you take away a couple of weird plays, I will play devil's advocate and say that team got better throughout the year. This team is getting better throughout the year. So like you said, Tully, it's it, you can't change the past, but you could almost see where we would be completely overlooking close wins and just being like, hey, we did it. We're probably top five at that point, you know? So I think – I, I, I want us to make it, make it, make the decision hard on that committee. Like yeah. Clemson is just murdering teams down the stretch, mm -hmm. and there's enough good teams on the schedule that I think that that could matter. You know, mm -hmm. make it be, make it be a hard decision on them. And if nothing else, that helps you leading into next year and in, in recruiting. And you know, we can be pissed off going into a bowl game because we think we got yeah. shafted going to the playoff. Like, let's do all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but anyway, in this one, let's talk about the positives. A lot of positives in this game. Uh, Cade Klubnik, not a perfect game from that guy, but he is this team's quarterback, starting to show us flashes of the five-star talent that we, we were told about. I think in this game, you also started to see some of the wrinkles and the uniqueness of a Garrett Riley scheme coming into fruition. It's not that we didn't run double moves with Tony Elliott and Chad Morris and Brandon Streeter. Um, but with it, I, I don't know, just seeing those things come, come to fruition at the right times felt amazing. You know, really mm -hmm. you could start to see the blueprint come together. Um, the, I was expecting a little bit more out of the running attack on Saturday. Great to see Moffa get that breakaway touchdown. Um, and Shipley continues to be pretty solid around the goal line. Uh, sometimes when we can get him, <laughs> get him some push. It's not on Shoelace him, though, Shipley. I would say. Shoelace Shipley, yeah, that's that's more open field stuff, which is not great. But um, overall, I, I just thought, like, the passing attack was really strong. And, you know, Tyler Brown just continues to be um, a beacon of hope in an otherwise mm -hmm. desolate sea of misery at the wide receiver. Yeah. So, you know, the guy that we, we had taken and then decommitted that opened up the spot for Tyler Brown, I don't think he's played it down for Miami this year. Um. So how lucky was that? Um, but yeah. just kind of starting with Cade, game is really slowing down for him. He is not getting antsy in the pocket. He's seeing the field better. Um, he's not too quick to check down or uh, abandon the pocket. Um, and when he does, he's able to extend plays. He throws really great on the run. Um, you know, and, and makes stuff happen when a play breaks down. It helps when you got a guy like Tyler Brown out there just running. You know, he's an 18 year old kid, right? He's just, you know, he's got more energy than, <laughs> than the seniors mm -hmm. he's running around with. But, um, and then also his anticipation on his throws, like he's now releasing the ball and placing balls like before the receiver is turning around. So he's, he's, he's getting more on the same page with his receivers are getting more comfortable together. And I don't know if that speaks a little bit to him and his progression, but then also maybe some to DJ where receivers just weren't able to get comfortable with him. Um, you know, great for DJ having a fine season at four and one, but you can watch him play. It's the same guy. 
Like it's, it's the same guy that was at Clemson. Yeah. There's no improvement there. And with Cade, we're seeing that kind of leaps and bounds uh, improvement. And now those connections that he's starting to have with the right wide receivers. So again, it's quarterbacks dominated sport and feeling really good about where we are at quarterback right now. Agree. Agree. The, um, the thing about the game slowing down is so important because when he starts to be less antsy in the pocket, it's like he doesn't have to stare down his receiver. He doesn't. He, there's been several times over the last few games where I've seen a, a defender come off the edge, the like left to right tackle kind of like, you know, bleeds him out as much as he can. And the defender cuts back up and starts reaching for Cade. And at the last second, he like steps up and lets the ball go or he steps up and takes off. But he's not running away like he used to. His like sense of where the pressure is and where it's coming from, it's not perfect. It's not Trevor. It's not Deshaun, you know, all this kind of stuff. But it's like so much better than it was, you know, against Notre Dame, against, you know, all these other teams in the past. So I think that is where, yeah, maybe midway to three-quarters way through this season, we say like this is who we thought we were going to get on day one of the season. We didn't. But like you said, like how far ahead can we get on that uh, on that curve? And you start to wonder why, you know, we didn't get him in games more last year. I understand it. We started the season 8-0. No, mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, we saw Cade come in um, in that Notre Dame game. And you're like, oh, um, okay, I kind of get Well, he it. saved our ass against Syracuse the game before. He did. That, and then he mm-hmm. bl- absolutely annihilated North Carolina. But why didn't he come mm-hmm. in, you know, during the South Carolina game? Or why didn't we run more, blah, 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 whatever. But – um, you understand how he was so raw and, and why those decisions were made, but you look at where he is now, like that quarterback we saw against Syracuse is not nearly the same one we saw against Duke, not the same one that threw the worst interception I've ever seen in my life against <laughs> an FCS in Charleston yeah. Southern. Um, so, yeah, yeah, just the improvement has been off the charts. It's got mm-hmm. a proven – Garrett Riley and you're going to continue to see that build and build and build the momentum the improvement the progress the um the cohesiveness and the familiarity with the offense once he gets you know the the full playbook down and so I think the sky's the limit and Mm -hmm. again how far can ahead of schedule can we get this year I think we can get pretty far ahead of schedule to the point the games we're going to be playing at the end of the year against, you know, some pretty good teams. Well, let's call it the bowl game, but you know, (laughs) North Carolina before that Notre Dame Mm -hmm. uh, beginning of October, like you're going to see a completely different Clemson offense than you saw in that Duke game. And even the Florida state game. Good. And for the better. And those teams are going to be surprised like Notre Dame fans that, you know, bought up all those extra tickets that Clemson fans might have dropped after the Duke game. They're gonna could be a long trip back to lugubrious trip back yeah. for him. Would love nothing more than that. You know what? I mean, and I hope it's Notre like Dame's got a good defense, guys. Them, like it was they, for us there. They've got a good defense. That is gonna be a hell of a game. Um mm-hmm. they do, and I really respect their coach. Um they have really great defense, and they also yeah. Sam Hartman's a phenomenal quarterback. Yeah, but they beat mm-hmm. Duke he twenty-one is. to fourteen. I, again, Duke talk about another twenty-four-year-old quarterback. Yes, like yeah. So, Andy's definitely going to be the stiffest opponent remaining. 
Um, I'm a little surprised. So of Clemson's remaining opponents, uh, Notre Dame is going to be the hardest defense, but I think NC state's defense is actually stands above even the likes like Miami. Um, they're, they're better, more highly ranked than FSU's defense and Syracuse's mm. defense. Um, so Miami, yeah, you know, pales compared to those two teams, which that's, um, you know, I, I always thought Miami was one of the, the hallmarks of their team was going to be their defense this year. But um, anyway, that's helpful knowing that's a road comp- competition. I think that NC State game, like they've lost to Louisville now. They're three and two overall. Um, I'm not necessarily worried about Cade going up to Raleigh and winning in that game in that environment. Well, they replaced um, Armstrong as quarterback. Right. So let's see what that looks like, you know, the next three, three plus weeks, um, you know, on their side. But um, anyway, I would say like there aren't any other than Notre Dame, there are not like world beating defenses remaining on this schedule. So if we, the the X factor here is Cade's development, right? Like continued development. He's going to be able to handle those top 15 ranked defenses. um, And we really need the wide receiving core to come along with him and Jake Brittingsoul, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, we're getting steady output out of the running backs week in, week out. Please feed Phil Maffa. Um, <clears throat> he's not, you know, the, the speediest running back we've ever had, but his vision as as he holds on to the ball. Yeah, I think the carry split the needs to look a lot more like a 50 50. And you know? unless and again, they have, some, the yeah, unless they have some ball security issues with him and, you know, maybe Shipley's a slightly better uh, blocker in the backfield and probably definitely a better receiver out of the backfield, but. Still, those goal line situations, his 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 vision that he has makes up for his lack of speed that Shipley has. Shipley, I swear to God, every time I see him run, his head is looking straight down at the ground, and he runs right up um, a lineman's butt. Um, trying to make sure no one gets his shoelaces. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it's not going to be hard when there's tackling him like normal because he's not looking for the hole. He's just running into tackles. Um so I not really sure. It's interesting what's going on there. I mean, we can talk about the offensive line a little bit. Um, I, I think we all thought they had a terrible game, and then Pro Football Focus came out and graded them like the best line <clears throat> of the week or something like that. But then it turned out they only graded one of them on run blocking, and I don't know how that works because their running wasn't that great. I know Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse stacked the box. <laughs> Syracuse, uh, you know, they brought a lot, of, a lot of run blisses, so that was their goal, and maybe a lot of teams are doing that, knowing we have this two-headed monster in the backfield. Um, but something still seems a little bit off to where I think that's the area where I want to see Garrett Riley maybe get a little bit more creative in the run game because I still feel like we're trying to run it up the middle way too much, especially when we get down to yeah, the goal line. Man, we're, this, yeah. this offensive line, maybe they're, they're better than last year. They're better than the year before that, and they are slowly improving. It sucks that we lost Walker Park, so I think that – that is an issue to 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 keep an eye on throughout the year, but they're going to be a, a, a good, you know, offensive mm-hmm. line. But they're not blowing even Syracuse's tiny defensive linemen. They're not blowing them off the line of scrimmage at the goal line. Um, so I want to s- stop seeing us run right up the middle and maybe spread it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially with the athletic guys that we have with Shipley, like send Moff up the middle and send him out. Two back sets, you know? Well, There's let's multiple... maybe start with getting the right set of five linemen playing together, right? Like, if, if Mitchell Mays ain't it, like, Colin Sadler, let's get him rotated in, you know? 
Well, Colin um, Sattler played a lot in this game. Um, you know, Mitchell Mays, you know, this is, you know, he, he got a lot more playing time, obviously, in this game, having to step in for for Walker Parks. I think at least yeah. with the offensive line is you have a lot more dependable depth than we have had in God knows how long. Um, it just feels like the – I don't know if that isn't necessarily Mays' like natural position – and again, not to like trash on that guy and single him out. Well, and, and Sadler's have, a but... left tackle. Sadler's a tackle. I don't know how much he's. Well, I'm just saying what you can do. You can maybe move, um, Marcus Tate over to the right guard, right? And who? So anyway, well, here's yeah, the other thing: the, the, the Trent Howards and the Dietrich Penningtons. Now, like Dietrich Pennington's huge. Mm-hmm. Six five three forty. Come on, man, get in there. We got like guys, last seven. year. They need six, to, seven. I think got to really be able to see the development. Yeah, <clears throat> Again, just, we're deeper, he just pancaked guys. You just stand well, really, there. And take yeah, up two of Syracuse's yeah. pass rushers. They were like two two fifty two sixty five. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just something's not. The formula is not quite there. I mean that. That being said. It's not like FSU was caving in the O-line last week either, right? Mm-hmm. Like Clemson moved the ball pretty smoothly against Florida State. So I don't know. You know, I am I guess I'm willing to, you know, chalk it up today at a bad week. They're playing on turf up there too. Like, I don't know. They're not, likely not used to that. And it was Yeah, a, and it's hot. You get no wireless signal. Like everything's against you. <laughs> exactly, you know? Like <laughs> got no bars. Can't check, you know, mm-hmm. can't check your Tamagotchi or whatever. So, um yeah, not I, not you dating yourself to uh, 1999. <laughs> Probably it was let's, before 99. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's let's see what's up with this offensive like line here against Wake Forest. Pretty lousy defense. Uh, we can expect against Wake. You know, see if there's a bounce back from this unit because they did they did have a solid game against Florida State. Yeah, Wake is somewhat experienced across the defensive line. They've got some red shirt juniors, two tackles or six, one, six, two, two eighty. Not the hugest I mean, guys. They're the like world. the number 54 best defense in the country. Uh, there you and... go. Um, I honestly think we should, this, this could be the game where we just go out there and just blow a team out um, all across the board. And you really see the, the offense um, really kind of stake their flag in which side of, you know, which side of the fence they're going to be on. An offense that continues mm-hmm. to get better throughout the year is just going to be kind of stagnant th- uh, as the year goes on. And a lot of that has to do with all the things we talked about, but let's now get to the sexy positions, which is the wide receiver group. We've we obviously talked a lot about Tyler Brown already, but Troy Stilato, man, like who would have seen this? Mm. Like the fact that the kid's even on the field um, is quite amazing, but you can see there's a difference when he is this, when he's in the game. He is a natural wide receiver. Um, he's got the instincts. He has the athletic debil- uh, ability, and he makes he's a difference maker or can be a difference maker. And now we're looking at getting Antonio Williams back, and now you're looking at a wide receiver group that has Williams, Tyler Brown, Bo Collins has played really well this year, Troy Stilato. Um, yeah, and, that lowers you know, the pressure on like an Adam Randall. Adam event. Randall, exactly. Like he, he just, can make like one play a game, and if it's the right mm-hmm. moment, like that's all we need from him. Versus, you know, when Williams is out, and we weren't sure about Salado, and we got Specter in there. Like 
then Adam Randall's kind of got to be the guy. And there are going to be games where Bo isn't the guy. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's yeah. he's definitely had some solid solid plays this season. And now you're um, taking the de- the defense is having to put their focus on actual capable wide receivers. Does that free up Jake Brenning's stool? Does that uh, free up Shipley out of the backfield, Moth out of the backfield? Makes you so much more dynamic when kind of everybody is doing their part. And just wait yeah. until they start learning how to block. Like, oh my God, sky's the limit. Still waiting. Yeah. Still waiting. Wake <laughs> is, uh, so check this out. Doing a little homework over here with our research team. And I noticed that Wake has three wins and one loss. And uh, let's <laughs> see, their wins are Stance. against, uh, yeah, against Elon, Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, and they lost to Georgia Tech. Vanderbilt is two and four, and they're Vanderbilt. Let's get real. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the um, – no offense to Nashville. The piano bars are great. Um, if you look at the scoring summary for the Georgia Tech-Wake game, it was 20 to three in the second quarter. And Wake scored uh, – basically, like, it ended up 30 to 16. But, like, the, Wake had no chance. So – Against two and two Georgia Tech. So Wake might be your your daddy's Wake. Is that what you're saying? Um, I mean, if there's going to be a Wake, it's uh, already happened in uh, San Francisco recently for a senator. I think she's still there <laughs> in the rotunda. Um, yeah. Listen, any team that agrees to a home and home with Old Dominion, I'm sorry, we should never <laughs> humor that, dude. I mean, they've beaten UVA and Virginia Tech several times in the last few years. <laughs> Both those teams suck. Team. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's, like, I know, but they're look, they're bottom third of the ACC. Good, you know. Uh, well, they're two <laughs> and three this year. With, uh, well, yeah, losses to two ACC schools at Marshall, so I guess it's not that bad. But but like close mm-hmm. losses, I feel like anyway. <laughs> they beat Texas A and M. They beat Texas A and M Community College ten to nine. Okay. What's your thesis, Jared? <laughs> uh, my thesis is that it it looks like Wake sucks big time, and I think that you're right. I think if here here's a here's a theory for you. We go up there, we handle business, we make it. It's in you death know, valley, pretty much just. Um, it's in Death Valley, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's the thing. We could even go up there while they're here and still beat them. You know, yeah, that's totally that's what I'm trying to say. And you're messing with my the guys, who go, the guys that don't dress and travel. We could just leave them here and we'd win that game. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, I in fine sight will, beat them. honestly, there we could keep doing this and you know, wake is going to implode. Okay. Like something else has imploded over the summer. Okay. Yeah. With a couple billion. That's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's my point. We're going to impose our will against Wake, and then we're going to step back and say, wow, this team is legitimately getting better. Not perfect, but getting better in a stepwise fashion each week. And by golly, maybe we eat crow and go, maybe the coaches were right. Maybe crazy-ass Dabo is right. So as we start to try to put the wheels back on this show, Jared, I totally agree with you. Um, I think this is the game. Look for this team to come out be up like I'd give them 28 to nothing, 31 to nothing, 35 to nothing, 35 to three, 35 to seven, something like that at halftime. This game should be over at halftime. 
And I think that's when we, really when we're going to realize, okay, this Clemson team is starting to arrive and we'll, we're starting to see their full potential. Um, go take care of Bears business at home against Wake. Take that week mm-hmm. off and then come back. And you've got the rest of the schedule that has three ranked teams on it um, that you can legitimately beat all three of those teams and everybody else on the schedule and then see what mm-hmm. happens. You could be in an ACC championship game with a rematch against Florida State. And if we play Florida State that well, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. yeah, just wait and see how this team looks at the end of the season. Yeah. We, I think that Duke can get those losses because Riley Leonard has a high ankle sprain. And so he's probably not out for the season, but he will miss a couple of weeks. Um, so, mobile. And that sucks. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I saw that. I was watching that and saw of course. it live, and that was last um, play. It's, it's it's awful. We're not rooting for this guy to be injured. I'm just kind of speaking objectively. Like the team yeah, is going to yeah. be in a different spot. I mean, I I think you're right. I want us to be up by like uh, five scores, four or five scores by half, and then it's the it's the Paul Tyson show. It's now the Allen show. Yeah. Now the other alternative is Clemson comes out, looks really great on offense and goes up like 21 to three or something like that in half. The only reason we don't score more is Kate has thrown two dumb interceptions or you have fumbles and turnover issues. So mm-hmm. this offense can be really good and can be really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. But you really do have to to limit those turnovers. And I mean, to be fair, for the most part in this game, aside from the one we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we see consistency, if we see the team come out and like play like they did against Syracuse, but like a notch or two better, that's when I'm going to go, holy crap, like these coaches are actually like, they, they they started terrible and then they've actually gotten better. And so I think that's what's important. Like the same way Dabo got them to put the Florida State loss behind them and then they came out there and then just wrecked, um, you know, wrecked Syracuse. No, it, it doesn't Guys, we mean need, I'm, we need I'm not going gonna... to lose to somebody else we do need yeah just in in general in general we do but also because it helps us but they could be duke that could not until halloween weekend unfortunately i I was hoping that was like this weekend but well but here's um, the thing too okay let's say louisville doesn't lose and then go and florida state kicks their ass in the acc championship game florida state gets a playoff berth that leaves clemson open still for january 6th yeah a january 6th Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna absolutely storm those seats. Yeah, the, so Duke next week has uh, NC State. Uh, actually, they got a bye week, and then they have uh, NC State, Florida State, Louisville. Those those are tough games. Um, yeah, it's just when does Leonard come back and all this but kind do of stuff. Do they have three losses? That's the ugh. Well, and here and here's the thing: it comes down to too, like. That Duke Louisville game, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Who do we want to win? Who do we want to lose? Like you kind of need Duke. Duke to find I, three losses elsewhere and then yeah. Louisville and but beat, beat Louisville. Louisville. So Louisville in conference, they're not losing to Pitt. Pitt fucking sucks. Um there's Duke, there's Virginia Tech, they also suck. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Don't need to say it again. And then Miami. So I think it's gotta be. Like they have to lose to Duke and Miami, so that's two losses for Louisville. I don't know what the mm-hmm. tiebreaker is, to be honest. I'm, not, you know, mm-hmm. research department will have to get back to us on that. But, um, you know, let's just say we can potentially win the tiebreak against Louisville. We just mm-hmm. need them to have two losses. I think Duke. So we want 
It's tough though, because then like where's Duke gonna get the third loss or like three losses? Mm. I, I assume they'll lose to Florida State. Florida State's not gonna have three ACC losses. Let's just be clear about that. They're not gonna have any. Yeah, probably none. Likely, maybe Miami. Um, but mm-hmm. Duke, Duke could you know if, if Leonard's not back healthy, they could lose to NC State. They, they could lose the home. next three. They're probably not. Honestly, NC State does suck, but at Florida State. Yeah, the Louisville game's a tough one. North Carolina at North Carolina. We can chalk that one up. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, I know it's only been five games in the year, but it is starting to get into crunch time where we need some people to start to fall. <laughs> it's getting late early in the ACC race when you have two losses. Yeah. Um, we need some Buffalo Wild Wings magic. Dial it up, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, man, <laughs> this is some like 2009 era. Like we're, we're trying to get a random ACC team to lose two games. <laughs> so we have a prayer we're, at the title game. This is crazy. We're manifesting. We're manifesting. That's all we need to do. The podcast how, did not exist in 2009. And I love how had, you just read down like the this. list of all the teams that just completely suck in the ACC. Meanwhile, Clemson is three and two, one and two in the conference. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. It's okay. You know, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. eat our humble pie this year. The future is bright. The best is yet to come. Yeah. I think you sound a little like that, but right there. Yeah. Any parting thoughts on Syracuse, guys? I mean, I will say I thought Dino Babers was going to be swirling the drain. And these last two seasons, I think they started 7-0 and last year mm-hmm. before they played us. And I think this year they were like, what, 4-0 and coming into our game. Um, you know, what is the... What is the real ceiling of expectations at a Syracuse? I think it's to have a 500 football program. And it seems like that's what he can deliver for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally they'll rise up and punch someone like Clemson in the mouth and, and beat us in weird circumstances. That's yeah. about the best they can hope for. They're a basketball school mm-hmm. and, you know, they're a New York based school in a Southern conference. I mean, if yeah. I was them, I'd take room temperature and, you know, two bars of 4G, you know? I mean, they literally punched our quarterback in the mouth two years in a row. Rude. 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 All right. Clemson Wake Forest this weekend, Death Valley. Uh, it's a 12.30 Pacific time kick. Should make for some good tailgating for the locals. Enjoy that team. Um, we'll be back to recap it. Guys, view. Let's look around college football real quick. I think we talked a little bit about the ACC schedule for this week. Um, Duke's got the week off, as you said, Ben. Um, I guess Louisville plays Notre Dame. That one's out of conference, so it doesn't really matter too much. Red that'll River, be a good watch. Red River, yeah. Red Red River is the big one. Go BV. Mm-hmm. How about Oklahoma, guys? I feel like they are still under, like underranked. Not respected well mm-hmm. enough at twelfth in the country. Dude, really, their quarterback has sixteen hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns, and two interceptions right now. Yeah, I mean Texas That's does have a really solid, solid defense. That's gonna be an awesome game. Um, LSU Mizzou is not gonna be an awesome game. That's gonna be ugly. Thankfully, that's showing at the same time as Red River, but that'll be like a flip over game if it's close. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see um, – I mean, Virginia Tech's probably not going to do squat to FSU, but I would like to see FSU struggle. Mm, They're going to yeah. get exposed at some point, though, guys. Like, Kentucky, I, Georgia. Clemson is a really good team, Kentucky, and we Georgia. we outplayed Florida State, I think. 
I'm just curious, mm -hmm. like when is Florida state going to have that trip up with like an inexperienced head coach being able to, like we almost saw it against BC, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that was their close call. And then Clemson was a close call for them, but I just think they've been playing with fire a little bit. They likely will mm -hmm. have, ha have an upset that I don't, they'll think still make the playoff. Against, yeah. I don't think it's going to be against Virginia tech and Tallahassee. No, no, it's not for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, sure. Kentucky though. Watch Kentucky, out for Kentucky Georgia against UGA. Yep. Murder that Kentucky that might be my upset special of the week. Um, mm -hmm. Kentucky, I think they've been playing possum a little bit with some of their play calling first few weeks mm. of the season, and mm. they're starting to turn it on. So that could get interesting. And I, I don't UGA does not have the schedule to be able to, you know, overcome. They could still win the SEC East, mm -hmm. but. You know, they could easily lose a game in the SEC title game. I just don't know if mm -hmm. Georgia's all that. Carson Beck seems like the definition of game manager type quarterback. Yeah. Auburn, yeah. Auburn nearly got him. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's not mobile, right? And that's what made yeah. Stetson Bennett so dangerous. Right. He's um, also not a handsome man. Nice. <laughs> got him. I mean, normally I'd say, hey, man, the kid's like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. But they are getting paid now, so screw them. Um, yeah, it's Georgia. More, more than I make. Um, <laughs> uh, the, to be fair, Kentucky hasn't really played anybody this year until they played Florida. Um, they kicked and, their ass. And we're not really mm -hmm. sure how good Florida is. You think Billy Napier comes back as an offensive analyst next year for Clemson? <laughs> no. <laughs> God, I hope not. He's going to keep his job. He beat yeah. Tennessee. Like, that was he beat enough. Tennessee. That he saved his Utah. job. Yeah, lost to Utah, whatever. beat Tennessee. Florida lost has to sunk so low that beating Tennessee. Utah lost to USC, so it's like well, Utah doesn't have their starting quarterback. I think if Florida loses they... to South Carolina, then he might be on the hot seat. Well, this... they could both lose, maybe. Oregon State, I Cal. Do... You guys want to go to Berkeley to watch that? Watch DJ. Uh. Yeah, wait. Uh, Saturday, of course. I'm actually going would, to uh, Oakland theory, for. A, I'm actually going to Oakland for a concert that night, so mm -hmm. I could swing through Berkeley. Oh, it's at seven p.m. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to see some stand up and SF, so I won't be able to make it. I do want to call out that when you go into the Twitter threads for Oregon State fans, that it's like Xer. that it feels like deja vu. Like somebody will be like. It's not all on DJ. The O-line wasn't given in time. And then people would just be like saying the same stuff we would be. But as Oregon State fans, like it's ridiculous. It's, I, mean, uh, I just like creep in there and it's like, wow, it's, uh, they feel the same way. Let's face it. And they're probably being less critical because they don't have nearly the, the same position to come from that Clemson does. You know, sure. Critical. Expectations. But listen, DJ is what he is. Great kid. Average mm -hmm. quarterback. Huge arm, mm -hmm. yeah. Doesn't know when or what to do with it, right? Um, yeah. So just hope for continued health for him, as much mm -hmm. success as he can get. Uh, mm -hmm. Have this year at Oregon State, and then man, go play baseball. Yeah. Yep. Um, Michigan, Minnesota, the battle of the capital M's. That's going to be a thriller. The logo, who's got the better M? But That'd that's about upset. all I got. That'd be a really fun upset, I would say. Are they going to row the boat? Oof, I hate that guy. 
<laughs> but yeah, a lot of people seem to. Harbaugh play. too, though, you know what I mean? Um, I've come yeah, around on them now that they're actually like playing well and deserving of their ranking. When everybody was yeah. just ranking them high because of the Michigan name and the Jim Harbaugh name, that really mm -hmm. rubbed me the wrong way. But And also the more Ryan Day speaks, the more I like Michigan. <laughs> oh, man. Ohio State's another team that's got like like Florida State just is out over their skis, I think. It may mm -hmm. not cost them their whole season, but I think both of those teams are going to have a a bad loss that's going to cost them in the in the positioning. Well, so, what do you I call mean, a bad loss because I could I mean Penn State's not going to be a bad I mean maybe a bad loss if Penn State kicks their ass, but Penn State's a really yeah. good football team. It could be a bad loss if they go into Ann Arbor and get their ass kicked. I think what I mean oh, no. is they could lose the Penn State or Ohio State, and um, no, I'm sorry, Ohio Ohio State could lose the Penn State or Michigan. Those are not bad losses, but I think Ohio State could lose to Maryland this weekend, for instance. Like, Who was younger brother? That's not out of the question. I mean, Maryland's five and zero against crap teams, but um, yeah, no, I think like a. Trip up loss is probably in the cards for both Ohio State and Florida State this season. And Florida State can probably overcome that. I don't think Ohio State can. I think that mm. Penn State and Michigan are too strong in the Big Ten for that to work out well for them. Well, let's just take a step back and just talk about how exciting the college football season this has been. Just there's no one team that's just head and shoulders, like mm -hmm. blowing everybody away. And I think that's where the transfer portal, um, has come yeah. into play and just created more parity. We've talked about this for a couple of years in college mm -hmm. football and I enjoy it. Like I like seeing like not actually closely contested games week in and week out and not just mm -hmm. the number three team is naturally going to kick the number 25 team's ass. No, it can be a close game and you might see that again this week with, with Georgia, Kentucky, like mm -hmm. everything's, the, you know, the nothing's game, off the table. The best game of the year is going to be, Oregon, Washington, like that is going, if you like college football, just looking at what these teams have been doing on mm -hmm. offense, neither of them are like amazingly good defensive teams, but that is going to be, if you guys remember that, like LA Rams, Kansas city chiefs, Monday night football game, it was probably like three, four years ago. Like this is going to be that kind of game. I feel like, and mm. can't wait for that. Um, it's not like we're PAC 12 fans out here, but it's cool to see like, Pac-12 is quasi-relevant. Like you got, you got USC, you have the Colorado buzz for a little bit. You got Oregon, Washington, you got um, DJ, you've got Wazoo um, and Utah's like at the, at a second tier at this point. But um, that all is really exciting. I think OU Texas this week, you know, that's one of the best games of the year. Most, most likely. Yeah. We're see. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really fun. Like you got these rivalries coming back that it's all new players, new coaches, like, new players, meaning like new personalities, new coaches, but it's the same laundry and helmets. Um, so that's, it's really cool to see it for the sport. I just wish Clemson was like in the mix for the playoff. Also, like that would make this that much better. Still time. We also get to enjoy the sport. That's, I mean, it's a great you know? point, Jarrett. Like there is with this season, like this could be the first year in the college football playoff era that maybe you don't have any undefeated teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lost like, team in the playoffs. And I think the duty on the committee is again to get the best four teams, like not the most 
deserving, but like the best four at the moment to play for the national at the moment to play for the national mm-hmm. championship. And if Clemson again, like you can you can already picture Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreit being like couple bounces of the ball, Clemson's undefeated. Like you can hear them saying that shit. Well, definitely um, Herb Street. I think he still has a kid on the team. I think he graduated last year, but yeah. either way, yes. Whatever. He owes his whatever. one. So uh, I think, you know, yeah, you could see it if Clemson's just, you know, decimating teams, which we, we all here have talked about potentially mm-hmm. doing. So, yeah, you know, 2007 was the year everyone points to as just absolute chaos in the BCS. And that's when LSU won it with like voodoo magic. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody rub the monkey paw and see what happens. Yep. All right. Is that a show? I think Ty might still be on the team, or at least he has one year of eligibility left. You stalking his Instagram? Can he kick? Can he kick field goals? <laughs> yeah. What's that girl from Vanderbilt? Sarah something. Hey, man. White's um, hit a 38 yarder. That's getting close to 40. And you know what? His misses, I thought both went in. So they're close. They're a lot <laughs> yeah, better than that's guns. What counts. <laughs> oh, dude. Horse, horseshoes, like, hand grenades, and field goals is what, yep. you know, close counts. That's, that's the um, idiom. So, guys, like, I don't know. I, I think White should have taken that job as an analyst in New York and just gotten on with his career, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's cool to be the starting kicker at Clemson after having been the backup to P- BT Potter. Um, it's a cool story, but just for the kid's career, I don't he'll know. Be Take that job just, in an like uncertain months. economy. Yeah, yeah he'll got, be fine. He's got plenty of time to weather the economy storms. Yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah, job he, he got hired for. You only got one last him. chance to be a below average place kicker at Clemson <laughs> University. You take that. Yep. Take that any day of the week, Tom. Not many right. people can say I You're came right. off my couch and beat RG3. Head mm-hmm. to head. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You don't even need context. All right. Well, uh, we will be back to recap the weight game. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Very exciting football season on us, uh, upon us. Clemson, you know, continues to provide the fireworks and plenty to discuss. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving us this forum to really work through group therapy on this season. Let's, let's call it what it is. So, uh, yeah, really excited to come back on the show, guys. You did a great job last week. I just finished listening to the show today. So um, really enjoyed it. You guys don't even need me anymore, but I'm still coming back anyway. Yeah, so, I, I begged to do good, good, good to have the captain back in the, the captain's chair. Um, oh, yes. It's, it's a lot easier to do this when you can just drink a glass of bourbon and just just – say yeah. things without having to like actually make sense or lead other people along and yep you know, oh yeah we, we were two podcasts away from sinking the ship and <laughs> by talking about <laughs> nonsense so we're well, glad to have here. a couple couple off coming up so we'll see how you do but all right cody it. if you're listening <laughs> get cody <laughs> off the couch like mr yep. whites and uh mm-hmm. warm him up warm up the leg yep um All right. Well, uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. You know where to find us on the socials. And as always, go Tigers.